0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida. This is my podcast where every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend and we watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. We hit record, we talk about it, we talk about a lot of other stuff, and hopefully have fun along the way. My guest this week is James Brendlinger. You will recall James was here last season. He is a longtime drama teacher, educator, recently started up his own costume shop and theater company in beautiful Oviedo, Florida, right next to Orlando. It's called Penguin Point Productions. They're already up and running, and it's uh, really exciting to watch his business start to grow and blossom, and I'm thrilled that he was able to make the time to come on by and watch another episode with me. And the other thing I love is that because this episode has a special celebrity guest appearance by Zsa, Zsa Gabor, James actually created a game show for me, for us, and I was delighted that uh, he decided to do that. So I can't wait for you to hear that. Before we get started, I wanted to point out something from actually two weeks ago. It's something that I missed or, or rather wasn't aware of. Uh, When we did the episode called Sex Symbol, that's the one where Natalie has the bad reputation. If you recall, there was a character called Home Run Helen that was played by actress Holly Gagnier. And uh, what I did not know until my friend Todd Michael texted me, angrily, I will point out, is that she should be well-known to fans of the oft-forgotten but apparently well-loved 1985 romantic comedy, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I I think it's wanna. Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. As in the Cyndi Lauper song title, now a major motion picture. Apparently, our friend Holly there plays an evil bitchy girl in it. And uh, the film is also notable that it's Sarah Jessica Parker's debut. It features young, unknown actors like Jonathan Silverman, soon to be... Uh, famous from The weekend at Bernie's Movies, Shannon Daugherty's on it. She'll be on Beverly Hills 90210 in a few years. And former Facts of Life guest star Helen Hunt, future star of Mad About You and future Oscar, Emmy, Golden Globe winner. Uh, And if you want an even bigger Oprah full circle moment, the character that Holly plays in the film is named Natalie. What? So that is a um, little follow-up postscript to Season 2, Episode 11. I added a couple of pictures to the website. If you want to go back and look at that on the website, please feel free to do so. But let's get back to today, shall we? The episode that James and I watched was Season 2, Episode 13. It was entitled Bought and Sold, and its original air date was February 25th, 1981. So let's do this and jump on in. This is me with James Brendlinger. Ladies and gentlemen, my fours of listeners, welcome back, James Brendlinger. Thanks for having me, David. I'm so glad to be here. Cue the artificial facts of life clap track, which we are subjected to more than once in this episode, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have my other hand free to clap for you, so you, you'll just have to put the sweetener in. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow, it's uh, we we got some stuff to talk about here. This is a good episode. It's a very fun episode. Um, we've it's it's interesting when I have returning guests. It's kind of like oh, we've already discussed. If you want to hear about uh, James Brendlinger and his own connection to the facts of life and how it, well, for all intents and purposes, changed his life. You can listen to the first episode he was on, which was season one, episode thirteen. Thirteen, it's dope, dope with Tumpy, <laughs> and uh, and you saw that um, Bink and Tumpy thing I sent you, right? The yeah, I put that on the website. I've, and-
1: I love Bink and Tumpy. Um, <laughs> I think that that's one of the lost sitcom ideas of the eighties, and uh,
0: it's if it weren't for the writer's strike,
1: that's, that's what, what it was. I blame it on as well. I think I that's on the, the only
0: strike. thing that stood between us and a Tumpy sitcom. <laughs> It's just a droning, uh, oh my God, the idea of a droning windbag and his pothead girlfriend, (laughs) fiance, wife, who's just like, huh, wait, wait, what? The the entire episode would just be him giving a lecture and her going, "Uh, mm." I'll sell you my stereo. i'd forgotten about that um so let's just jump on in this because well, we've got we've got stuff to discuss here in this episode this was called bought and sold i think this is one of the iconic episodes of the early well i think it's one of the iconic episodes of the
1: series it has guest stars yes uh it's a really solid story natalie does some things we'll talk about that i think we're big for her and um I, well we'll talk about some of the catchphrase things happening too, but I guess when people quote the facts of life, some of the quotes thrown around are from this very episode.
0: Oh yeah, um, I agree, but I'm I'm interested to hear specifically what you are picking up on. Because I only picked up on one or two. Um my thing with this is it's a good example of the non very special episodes. <laughs> It is, what what it does have is it's got the, the guests, the guest stars. Yes. Yes. But the idea that we have, um we, this is not, it's like, okay, let's see. We've had a girl kill herself. We've, we were, we're getting ready. We're gearing up for the, for the almost rape episode in season three. We've had all these, the, we've just had Joe's dad in prison. Right. We've had suicide. We had the bad reputation learning your lesson episode. It was um, not that there wasn't a lesson here, but it was a, a lesser lesson. This is an everyday, I think,
1: agreed, preteen teenage girl thing. Yeah, this or is boy thing. It's you know, why are your friends your friends? Yeah, are this they is really a, your friends? This
0: is a good everyday. It's just, this is a blue jeans kind of an episode. Yeah. It's like you could wear it every day. As so opposed to that. So yeah, um, so you want to jump on in with uh, with how the the show begins? Let me let you start for once.
1: Well, I haven't been here for a season and so i
0: have several feelings i
1: want to share with do, you Do please do uh, one is a story about the facts of life i did not share with you last time which is uh-huh. that when i was young i directed you never needed anyone uh, well,
0: and making i directed love an episode was just for fun uh, sorry the
1: facts of life as a stage play which um if you're out there and you're a theater teacher don't do that Mm-mm. you have to have the rights to perform it we did not do it as a parody we did not change thing. we simply performed an episode of the facts of life as a stage play, and that episode was in fact "Sex Symbol," which you covered a few episodes ago. Oh. Uh, it actually makes a really good stage play, and I oh, for kids I for think teen kids, they yes. should, um, you know, publish that, do royalties for it. If there's someone out there who wants me to send them the money I owe them for performing their creative work and writing that, <laughs> I, I'll send it. I apologize, but it's actually a fantastic piece for stage. I imagine, and if we had continued, uh, Countess Calve is another one that um, you know. Nice little one act play happening here. Um, clear and you could have had a
0: clear lesson. And you could have had one of your teachers guest star as Countess oh, yes. Calvay. <laughs> or you could have done it yourself in drag, which I know is a dream. That of yours. would not happen. <laughs> um, but uh, I have
1: directed an episode on stage of, of The Facts of Life. And then the other thing I just wanted to say again from last time I, I was on your show, we were in season one. Not the strongest writing, not the strongest acting. Yeah. This is a great show that we're watching right now. Agreed. And I think it's, every every week when i listen to your uh podcast when i go back and watch the episode they hold up and i'm not yes. much from that era really does um but these they hold up there's some mm. um nancy mckeon and lisa welch all, all of them all of them it's it's just solid acting and solid writing and um i don't really watch a lot of sitcoms anymore the older i got the less interest i had in that storytelling this i'm enjoying it not just because it's something from my childhood it's I'm surprised every time at the work they're doing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's
0: good stuff. it it holds up and it's the show has so gelled, found its groove and it's there's a there's a comfort in it. And as I pointed out with the other episodes where we brought back Nancy and Sue Ann and Cindy, where we it's like, "Oh, guess what? We can do good episodes yes. that are true to the characters, structurally sound and utilize some of them just as supporting characters and it can work. It, this is proof that season one was not doomed by the nature of how it was conceived. It was doomed by how it was executed. Well, the showrunners coming in for second season, uh, they're just brilliant, Linda and Margie.
1: But are you're good exactly friends. right. Any criticism we might have for Cindy, Sue Ann, and Nancy, kind of gets you know they're redeemed by this material and their part in it. I think you you touched on this in the um, the suicide episode. That episode surprisingly well done for twenty two minutes. Agreed. I don't, I don't actually think they should have done what they did in twenty two minutes. I think it should have been a two parter episode, or what really would have made it modern television. Uh, it really should have been either Cindy or Sue Ann who mm. took her life. Yeah, uh, and I don't wish ill on those characters. I just think that would have. Um, explained what this actually feels like the hole it leaves in your life Mm -hmm. and the memories you have with somebody that we have shared in even if they were season one memories that you know we try to block um those characters we would instantly have a rapport with and have a lot more reason to feel what Blair and Tootie and Natalie are feeling yeah um, because it was somebody that they grew up with somebody that they knew very well um I would hesitate on one thing, which is Blair's level of um, blaming herself would be very different if it was any one of those girls. She was the one who pointed out that Cindy is probably a lesbian in the first episode. Yeah. And if that is something that Cindy was actually struggling with and then she took her own life, Blair's character would have a lot more to deal with in the long run. It wouldn't be an easy Mrs. Garrick can talk you down from this. It was like, well, you bullied a girl. Yeah. And it was left mostly unresolved, and then she took her own life. And same thing with Sue Ann. The fat Blair, jokes. Oh my Blair god! Blair harassed her about her body image for a year. Oh my god! And if she had taken her life, then there's that. Yeah. Nancy. Blair had just tried to steal Nancy's boyfriend to get Barishnikov tickets, which might seem minor, but there was a rivalry between the two girls that probably yeah. Nancy would have been the strongest pick, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, I. Yeah. No, you're you're right that that was. It didn't even occur to me till Matthew said it about it being a missed opportunity. So let's start as uh, I, let's start as I like to do, as I sometimes forget to do. James Brendlinger, my dear guest, would you please give me a one to two sentence synopsis about this episode entitled "Bought and Sold"? In order to sell cosmetics,
1: Blair feigns a close friendship with Natalie to turn her into her her cover
0: girl. I guess. Sure, beautiful. No, that's good. Something like that. <laughs> That's that's absolutely perfect. Uh, so let's get into it. We start with doing cafeteria work, which is good. Yeah. Wearing school uniforms, which Wearing, is consistent. Yep. Can, we love the consistency. We love that they are carrying this through. At one point, no, Natalie does say something about, oh, yeah, polishing silverware is the highlight of my day. She says, ironically, and it's like polishing silverware. I mean, washing, yeah. You need to wash the soap. But polishing silver is something that... It's a prestigious school. Maybe it's all silver. I don't know. <laughs> Are you a Confederate wife or something <laughs> in the South waiting for your husband to return from the war of Northern aggression? What polishing. is amazing
1: is Natalie used to be known for cracking herself up as she said every joke, and now she has mastered her deadpan. Much of her humor in this episode was based on her keeping a straight face while saying things like her mm-hmm. comments about the silverware and so on.
0: Hmm. I think there's a couple points I can see her fighting. it, still the tiniest bit, Mm. but
1: not nearly what we had before. I thought that opening bit was masterful. I mean, really, really funny stuff. And she's keeping her straight
0: face. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Absolutely. So we're working around and the girls are there. Blair, why is Blair not back from the post office? And the girls bitch about, well, it's because, you know, we're going to have to do all the work now. But then in comes... A person holding stacks and stacks of cartons with (laughs) CC on them, a a very fancy logo, like a crest or a coat of arms. And you hear this voice say, Help me, can someone help me? Finally, one of the girls walks over and removes the top box to reveal Molly Ringwald. No, No, not Molly Ringwald. No, too tall. (laughs) It's Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. Willis is visiting. How sweet. Gary Coleman has visited twice now, once with the family and once on his own. Willis now once with the family. And I think this is his last appearance. We will never see him again on this show. Yeah. Willis is dead.
1: It's nice. It's a nice little connection to the previous series. I assume there was some sort of contract thing that said, we're going to have a certain number of appearances from these series stars. Back then, this was very common. You have these spinoffs and I remember when Knott's Landing came out, J.R. Ewing from Dallas made repeated appearances for little to no reason on oh, Knots yeah. Landing, and they would advertise all week. J.R. comes to Knott's Landing. Yeah. And I'll bet there were commercials that week letting us know, Todd, Bridges will be with the Facts of Life Girls. But carrying a box and talking car- about
0: pajamas. I... Yeah, and it, his presence there is weird because it is not integral to the plot. Nothing to do with the plot. And um, the other thing is that it's weird because we already have a guest star, arguably a bigger guest star sure. this week uh, coming up later. The biggest later. guest star. The big, uh, Yeah, I think Name so. Name
1: a bigger guest star on the show. George then, Clooney doesn't count because he wasn't no, a star. No, he wasn't famous. It. I think this was their most famous person.
0: Yeah. Can you think of anyone did else? They, did they ever have a person, a, a celebrity playing themselves on the show? Which she was practically doing here, but... Um, yeah, Paul Padilla, I where, mean, where are you? I need you to fill me in on Stacey this. Stacey
1: Q came on the show. She wasn't <gasps> That's right. that famous.
0: Yeah, and she was Cinnamon. Is that what her name was? Yeah,
1: Cinnamon. <laughs> Elle DeBarge was on the show, and I think we were supposed to feel something.
0: Yeah, you but nobody, like, you know, none of the, like, we can talk about the famous people, like the Richard Griegos and the David Spades and all that, but they were they All were before nobodies. they were
1: famous, but this.
0: This is, yeah, this is celebrity. So how very odd that they had to work and carve out a place for Todd Bridges in this episode when we already had the prestige of Jacques yeah. Gabor, and yet, I think they did as good a job as they coulda. It was fine. It, it was nice fine. to see him. It's uh, agreed. It's nice to see him healthy. Yep, that's true, and he's he's the last one. He's it. He's the last it survivor. If you never... don't count, if you don't count, um, Adelaide, and you don't count, um, who was the one that? Who was it? A... Pearl? Pearl. There it is. If you don't count Adelaide and Pearl, um, when and Charlotte would... Ray died, uh, Todd Bridges tweeted "R.I.P." to my my entire cast wow. of the show. It's yeah. it's kind of sad that of the when you look at those original pictures from the first season. With Conrad Bain, and the fact that we've lost Dana Plato and Gary Coleman, mm-hmm. is it's devastating, yeah. really. But yeah, so we have Willis, and um, he is carrying all these cartons in because they are all Countess Calvay cosmetics. And Blair comes running in, all excited to tell everyone and announce that she is now a Countess Calvay girl. I'm sorry, a CC, CC. girl. And they're all like, oh, okay, cool. And inexplicably, later we find out something that contradicts this. But she says, apparently this line of cosmetics, which is supposed to be like an Avon type of... Is there a cosmetic line like Avon that had a woman as the... Mary Kay. Oh, okay, Mary Kay, doll. Yeah, I, I wasn't think even this thinking was about It was supposed that. to be a Mary
1: Kay thing. You're right. You're totally right. I yeah. just I
0: just had a brain fart. All the pink boxes. Yes, and that's it. The boxes are all pink. And um so apparently they're the 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 conceit is that the the business is trying to branch out into campus representation. And I don't know if it was supposed to be like college campus representation and Blair is deciding well we can do it at a high school, girls' school kind of a thing too. Um but uh it's it's a little weird because later Zsa, Zsa gabor says something different but we'll, we'll come around to that come around to that yeah, yeah. but there is the question of well, blair is rich why is she even why are we even creating this storyline and she does thankfully justify it by saying you know i want to be one of the working rich right. like gloria vanderbilt or jackie o I'm so tired of having to rely on other people for my money, my mother, my father, my stock portfolio, my trust fund. And they're like, OK, shut the fuck up. One percenter. Right. Stop. And uh, so, yeah, so clearly for some reason, Blair has got uh, a hair up her butt. That she wants to do this, and Natalie even says, "Blair, where are you going to find the time to do this? You already have a very full social life. Student council president, also debate team, harvest queen, harvest queen, uh, recipient of the art award, for which they were able to make a banner in an afternoon. Still a miracle of printing science. She tutors uh, special ed people how to um, paint. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I really love that episode, and I'm that's coming up later though. We're excited not there. to be there. Yes, um. So Natalie correctly and applicably does ask Blair, "Where are you going to find the time?" And Blair is like, "Oh, I'm going to make the time." And oh, oh and we get a, we get a Blair going, oh, Natalie. Natalie, 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 "Natalie, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie," which I pointed out was that's only the second time we've right. heard this, but someone picked up on it and they're like, "We need to do that again." It's like, "Yes, you do." Yeah. And what we've not gotten a lot of is we're in trouble.
1: It's funny because I remember the series that that was like a the Fawns type thing and. Very seldom does she actually say it. Yeah. I thought um,
0: they shoved it down our throats a lot more than... Keep count out. of these
1: Natalie Natalies. But I feel like this was the the Natalie, 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 Natalie moment. It was... Um, she really threw herself into it. There was uh, a, a She committed to it at a catchphrase level. Before yep.
0: it was just a line in the yeah. show. This is now like, <laughs> this might be my thing.
1: And this is defining their relationship really for the rest of the series. It's this, we're friends, but Blair holds herself above Natalie clearly... Yeah. Until she needs her for something, and Natalie kind of jumps to it every time. And I think this is an
0: ongoing thing yeah. in their relationship. And uh, and we do have an episode later in the third season where Blair looks in Natalie's diary. I think, <laughs> and uh, I was that was when I was doing my research on the sombreros. If you didn't look at last week's episode and go to the website face and read my not just my dissertation on maskatron, but also see my visual aid with the uh, the life of the sombrero, and we have more to report on that coming up. Um, the scene ends with Blair stating that, well, the, the slogan of this cosmetic line is, dare to be you. And she breaks the fourth wall, looking right at the <laughs> camera, holding the jar of whatever face cream, or whatever it is, looking right at the camera. And... By the way, this whole time, Joe, cracking wise, Joe inserting Nancy McKeon showing how she can be the lead dramatic actress in a sitcom and turn on the waterworks and tug at our heartstrings. And then in another episode, she's just a support. She's suddenly Eve Arden in this episode. And she's (laughs) She's just throwing in the jabs and succeeding. She
1: made a Fuller Brush man joke, which is one of those. Oh, wow. Yet another... How old are the people writing this show? Yes, she sells it. I mean, she she does the joke, she gets her laugh, but like, I wouldn't have known what a Fuller Brush Man was when I was, you know, when it was
0: 1982 or whatever. Wouldn't you? No, <laughs> I I feel like Did I would have known that. They come to your that, house? Uh, well, no, but I mean, I know what a Fuller Brush Man is now, man. but I don't recall learning that as an adult. I feel like I've always okay. known that. Well, I feel to like me, that's that a thing. A crusty, that is a uh, reference. <laughs> that's a thing that we would have learned from Bugs Bunny cartoons. Okay, I really feel like that was part of the. I, I think, underestimated and undervalued education on pop culture that the Bugs Bunny cartoons gave us. <laughs> well, that's very true. And, and uh, yeah. uh, classical music as
1: well. Oh, true. We know our classical oh. music because we watch Looney Tunes.
0: Yep, absolutely. Barbara of Seville and all that stuff, yeah. So
1: Blair's attitude about getting a job in this, what I like about it is they do tie that through other episodes in the series. And the series, you know, spoiler alert, ends with her having to make a decision about is she going to spend her entire remaining fortune, her trust fund? She's been cut off by her family.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. And yeah. Yes,
1: and may use her trust fund to do one of two things, whether it's, can I say? Will it spoil it? Mm-hmm. So do it. Yeah. She can either open her own law firm, because she has a law degree by the end of the series, or she can purchase Eastland, which is going to close otherwise. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has to make that decision in the final episode. And this is the very discussion, is she could take, you know, what do rich people do? What does she want to do? And yeah. I think they are giving her character a little bit of depth here, even if we're laughing at it. Yeah. Um, it's, I, you know, I'm not just pretty. I'm
0: not just rich. I want oh, to yeah. do
1: something. And uh, and that's she, it. She follows that, which yeah. I like. Yeah.
0: And they never, ever stray from, a couple of times they try to make her rich, stupid. Right. But they never make her ditzy. If anything, I think she plays ditzy in the reunion movie. More yeah. than we've ever seen her. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen the Reunion movie in a long time. It's not good. It's terrible. It was a bad idea. It was one of those things. Somebody Ugh. came up with the idea and it got financed
1: and they went with it. If you don't have Joe, Why? you shouldn't do it. That's Why? the number one thing.
0: Yeah. Um, or, or Nancy McKeon had joked about, she said, if I'd want to direct it and I'd want, it direct, I'd want the plot to be that Joe has died. Right. I want it to be all of yeah. them after. And I'm like, hey, girl, couldn't have been worse. That wouldn't have been worse than what they ended up with. But um, but we're getting extremely ahead of ourselves here. Um, So we move on to the bedroom scene. And as I mentioned earlier, we do have some more to report on the ongoing saga of the sombreros. Uh, if you look last week's episode, which was called The Secret, that's the one where I discovered the presence of a sombrero in the bedroom and didn't realize it had been there since not Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2, when we were just moving into this room, but by Season 2, Episode 3, the big stuffed tiger, clearly like a carnival win type of an animal, has had a sombrero on it. And the sombrero remains and is there as late as the end of Season 3. And then Season 4, the tiger is there, but they're not that I can see. I don't see the sombrero anywhere in season hmm. four. Okay. But now this episode is making a damn liar out of me because there's no sombrero on the tiger this time either. The set designers were falling asleep on the job. Huh. So I don't I, I don't know what to believe anymore, James. So I was excited to see the New Yorker poster. You may remember in my, yes, in you my mentioned dope it. episode.
1: Yes. That was hanging in Tumpy's strange dorm room. Her strangely thrown together dorm room had this yeah with the purple walls that didn't match
0: any other room and uh there it is it's
1: above blair's bed and i think it's going to follow her to edna's edibles Uh i I think it comes along does it
0: and and somehow doesn't get damaged in
1: the fire well i was trying to decide if maybe it does in the fire remember uh they go up to their bedroom after the fire which you probably never be allowed to do if the place had burned down
0: so we're watching season seven episode one where they're up in their bedroom after it has burned. New Yorker. Oh, my God. Shut <laughs> up. There it is. Yep. It's right there. It's on the floor to the left here next to... Mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, that's farthest, the edge of it. That's the edge of it. That New Yorker poster is on the floor. We can't quite see if it's burnt. I think it is. I think it's messed up. But wow. So you're right. That does care. That it absolutely. Ab- we don't know if it lasts into over our heads. Let's let's leave something. Lasts longer than Nancy, Cindy, and Sue Hi-oh! <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But yeah, you had pointed out that New Yorker poster was originally in Tumpy's room and then later somehow must have sold it with she the stereo. sold it for drugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll sell you this poster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, Blair has got all of these kits. They All of the makeup kits. And they're all these kind of suitcase-shaped pink boxes. Totally, you're right, Mary Kay. And um, Willis comes in to the room to help because they're hauling them up there, and there's a there's a fuck ton of them, man. Um and when Willis comes in, Tootie reacts kinda bad. Boys aren't allowed up here. Like, what are you doing here? No, you need to go. Get out of here. So it's kinda like, oh, she wants some of that. Well, it's weird. First of all,
1: apparently they have new rules at Eastland, because every guy in the cast who's ever shown up has been yeah. allowed up there with no problem.
0: Yeah, Mr. Garrett went into their bedroom with no supervision, <laughs> taught them how to fucking gamble back in season but one. boys
1: aren't allowed up here. Her reaction to him would make more sense if they were actually going to do something with a storyline with those two, and they never do. No. So she's just being problematic yeah mean to willis
0: or as best they can they're setting up the joke with him saying hey hey come on there's nothing here i haven't seen before i got a sister at home and then he walks over to the laundry basket and pulls out as the sort of punchline to, there's nothing here i haven't seen before he pulls out a pink baby doll nighty with marabou shoulder straps <laughs> and it's like okay who under the age of 40 who right. isn't named doris day where's that <laughs> certainly of this cast blair is the one that grabs it and says give me that and it's like that blair doesn't wear a fucking baby doll nighty to uh, anyway and then he pulls out a set of footy pajamas and he goes oh ha 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 tootie you still wear footy pajamas and then joe comes over and in typical tough joe style i was like those are mine those are mine <laughs> And I will kick your ass if you have something to say about it. It's like, no, Joe does not wear footy pajamas. We could maybe pass it off that it was a joke that she was just doing that to deliberately throw him off. And um, when she threatens him, when she is menacing towards him, she's holding a basketball like up to his face. Like, I don't know, kind of a, how'd you like to swallow this or something? (laughs) And um, he ends up challenging her to basketball. And he says, oh, let's want to play a game of 21. And she says, sure. And he says, okay, I'll give you a six-point lead. And Joe just goes, <laughs> that's what they always say, the first game. And then he walks
1: out, and I think he has and he's never gone. seen it at Eastland again. Never.
0: And, and Joe spins the basketball on her finger, kind of meadow, <laughs> Meadowlark Lemon style. And the audience applauds, like she has just split the atom or something.
1: Well, i got to say... The actress is terrific. God, she's and so good. And just another skill. Like, she sold that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll Nancy bet, McKeon. I'll bet she couldn't everything.
0: do that before the show, and she taught herself to do she it just for this did. episode. She's that good. I would bet you money. <laughs> um, so what is going on here is that Blair has... Right? Blair has already been... She's been trying to sell the cosmetics with no success. She was at some type of a table that she had set up. One presumes in the student union the other cafeteria where the students convene why wouldn't of all times when they could have used the cafeteria yeah they could have had blair at a table and had it full of girls who were not showing it any interest Mm -hmm. and it's like anyway whatever they would have had to pay the extras for that um so she so blair is a little bit down because she thought this was going to be easy she thought i'm the popular girl i'm the pretty girl i sell cosmetics it's it's a no-brainer and um so Tootie, to sort of help her along, is like, well, why don't you go back to the guidebook? It sent you a book that teaches you how to sell. So it's things like Radiate Charm. And Blair's like, well, of course. <laughs> and Lisa Welch doing her hair flipping and her eye rolling, as she so beautifully does. And she says, be warm and sincere. And she says, I'm always warm and sincere. What else, darling? Or what else, dear? She <laughs> says something like that. And Kim Fields gets an extra laugh out of this. This is a Blair being funny moment. And the cutaway to Kim Fields just staring her down, (laughs) deadpan, is like, damn, girl, she is still 11. I'm going to make that point a hundred kabillion times, but... I mean, as we've been watching these episodes every week and it has been, it's been months now I've been doing this, I'm still like going, she is still an 11 year old child. She's fantastic. And she can, she's got that comic timing. It's amazing. And then, um, the rule that they hit upon is start slowly and let the product speak for itself. At which point she says, yeah, that's true. That would be a good idea if I could maybe demonstrate, but who would I use? Who? (laughs) In walks Natalie. Hey guys! <laughs> at which point, Blair looks in this funny little exchange at Blair going, Natalie. And Blair and, and Natalie goes, What? And Tootie says, Natalie? And Natalie's like, What? And Blair says, Natalie. What? What is this the drive Natalie crazy game? It was a cute little exchange. <laughs> and um uh so Blair finally sells her. It's kind of weird that she's Clearly, Natalie had no interest in it to begin with, or she would have expressed it. But now Blair says, Natalie, I would love to help you reach your full beauty potential. And now, for some reason, Natalie's a little bit more interested. I guess because she's showing her... In, because Blair is... It's Blair showing interest showing in her. her interest, yeah.
1: And there's a social aspect here attached.
0: Yeah. She says, well, she says, Natalie, isn't there something you would, you know, you've always wished for or whatever? And Natalie the middle-aged vaudevillian writers here, I'd like bones. I'm, I'm sorry. I would like cheekbones. And then she sucks in her cheeks to make an example. And it's kind of like, um, you. she has them. Right. She does. And already, but anyway. Um, so what ends up happening, like you say, there's a social aspect, which I love this. It's like, we'll tell you what, we will shade those cheekbones and do some other stuff. And guess what? How about we show off your new look at Debbie's slumber party tonight? And Natalie's like, I wasn't invited. And Blair says, now you are. Yeah. And she's like, what? (laughs) Uh, Let's put a pause
1: here. So I don't know how slumber parties at a private school for girls work. Thank you. Um. Thank you're you. I'm to... Everybody can come sleep over in our dorm room. Isn't technically invite? every
0: night a slumber party right. if you want it to be? What know. the fuck
1: is that? And it's not just a slumber party; it's an exclusive slumber party. So this isn't some planned yeah school event that they do.
0: It's that a people could be excluded from, like yeah. Natalie. Yeah, it's so weird. Anyhow, that is the conceit. Uh, that is the that is the plot thickening, as it were. But here's the other thing: I've pointed out how season two, for all of its great high praises that we can sing. The makeup is not one of them. And this is an episode where, if you're paying attention, when Natalie sits down (laughs) and Blair is talking about her face and her makeup and shading, you're like, she already has this plum purple colored eyeshadow Mm -hmm. on. She already has blush on. And I think they all have lip gloss. And like I said, I think they're all wearing the same color palette too. I I don't think there was anything really strategic about it other than put something on them so they don't look like they're dead you know uh so we have too much makeup and maybe not quite appropriate makeup on the girls as it is so that when we get to the next scene and the reveal of what <laughs> Na- blair does to natalie well let's get there Wait a minute. so in the next scene we've got mrs garrett and the girls working in the kitchen and oh that's what i forgot to do i was going to check and see where the phone was in the kitchen oh yeah so i just pulled up we we had a little issue where we wondered about the telephone and i've just pulled up uh, a different episode the um the uh well interestingly the suicide episode because we talk about the phone being in the kitchen so oh the phone is there there is a phone there okay and this is this is bought and sold this is a Okay. Okay. So Howard did not take the phone with him when he left. No. <laughs> but the question did come up when um, it's, the phone rings later in the scene. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and this will make sense in a minute. Um, so we're in the kitchen now. So we get the Blair coming down and the typical sitcom presenting to people who just <laughs> saw her. <laughs> to three people, ladies and gentlemen. Ta-da. And we... Uh, bring, and we show Natalie with her Countess Calvay cosmetic face. And she looks like a drag queen.
1: Well, it but not somewhat quite. becomes Natalie's look later in the series anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty heavy makeup coming in the later 80s.
0: Yeah, the, but just by nature of the decade, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because I remember at the time when it came out, it was like, whoa, what the fuck? Now you look at that, you look at the way... Young teenage girls mimicking the Kardashians Mm -hmm. with the heavy eyeliner, with the contouring, with the false eyelashes. This is kind of (laughs) low-key compared to what some of the war paint that that young girls are wearing today. Now, Natalie is 14. That's, That's the age of young girls being all on Instagram and wanting to be like... Selena Gomez or whoever's the, you know, Miley Cyrus. And they all wear a lot of paint. Young, they, they wear a lot of war paint in showbiz these days. Uh, and that is, I think, honestly, the drag culture influence of it. I mm-hmm. think that is 100%. I don't think you would have the contouring of the Kardashians if you didn't have RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Seriously, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say that. Um. So she comes in. And we see it and Mrs. Garrett's response and she has a beautiful Oh nah I nah. she's It's every one of us who goes to our
1: friend's play and it's not good and they <laughs> ask how we liked it. It's like, Oh yeah. you were working so hard up there. Yeah. Looks like you had a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow, you, you should have been in the audience. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that. <laughs> And uh, one of them, my, Philip Nolan has a great one. Somebody somewhere, the person said to Philip, well, I've never seen you better. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> That's, I get what you're going for with the compliment, but that also could be, <laughs> yeah. And then of course, um, uh, my favorite is, um, I feel like it was a Noel Coward. My boy, good is not the word. <laughs> um so what we have going on here is uh while mrs garrett is dealing with the shock of natalie's extreme makeover the phone rings and i assumed at the time it was the phone ringing in the kitchen but then tootie goes running out and presumably it's the phone out in the parlor which is two rooms away and yet it sounded like it was in the damn same (laughs) room that's a loud ass ring and then I started looking around on the set going, wait a minute, where is the, is the phone not even there? It was there. We just didn't see it and they didn't show it. And uh, anyway, so Mrs. Garrett, among the shock, asks her, what did this cost her? And, oh, no, no, we don't get there yet. Somebody mentions about the kits. Apparently the price of the kits is twenty four ninety five, and that's pretty steep for 1981. Right. In 2019 dollars, that is 68.92. So that's pushing $70 for a makeup kit. That's, that is a lot for a 14-year-old who doesn't have an allowance or an income, presumably.
1: And we find out that's not all she bought. Oh,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> so then uh, we learn that among all the things that Blair sold to her to create this look and maintain it and, and a special cleanser to remove it, Natalie spent $87.42. And that in 2019 dollars is two hundred and forty one dollars and forty nine cents. So, wow, that is a lot. Is this Uh,
1: where Mrs. Garrett does her lesson on other things you could use that are much cheaper? Yes. Yeah.
0: The price on (laughs) Natalie says, like when when she learns that she spent that much, this is like, what? (laughs) The Mrs. Garrett, what? And feel free to jump in, James. I know you got one in you. I do not. I know you got a Mrs. Garrett impression. I'm I would waiting. like to
1: know why Mrs. Garrett keeps her oatmeal in the refrigerator. This is a <laughs> box of Quaker oats that came directly out of the refrigerator.
0: Yes. So so in response to the what? Natalie's like, Mrs. Garrett, you can't put a price on beauty. And Mrs. Garrett says, oh, yes, you can. And she says, "You need to—is it to just clean, soften your face?" Soften your face. And she reaches into the fridge and pulls out some Quaker oats oatmeal. <laughs> I guess I mean some people keep their cereal in the refrigerator. Well, I'm uncomfortable with it. I just. I <laughs> So she pulls out, and we get a nice little lecture. You need to soften your face. Oatmeal, 69 cents. Lines around your eyes. Cucumbers, 20 cents. And she's throwing the things right. at Natalie. She says, you need to close up your pores. Egg whites, 20 cents. And she almost throws the egg at her. <laughs> and she quickly catches herself. And it's kind of funny. And I I like this bit. This, this <laughs> I thought, was kind of funny and very character appropriate. That's absolutely what you'd expect Mrs. Garrett to do, to have... Uh, a lesson, a lecture, and visual aids. Oh, sure. With comedic outcome.
1: Nutritionist, nurse, airline pilots,
0: and we've already and we've already talked about her beauty, the oh, yeah. beauty shop, because remember that was Tootie and Natalie wanted to open the beauty <laughs> shop that made Tootie's dad say he wanted to pull her out of Eastland because Missus Garrett was a bad influence on her. So yeah, that's you're totally right. This this is technically consistent with Missus Garrett's sure. cabillion professions. Um. And then Natalie ends up going into the parlor because they're like, where are you going to get that money? Where are you going to do it? And she says, where are you going to get $87 and 42 cents? And Natalie goes, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Can you lend me $87 and 42 cents? And Natalie and Joe and Tootie are like, no. At which point Joe says, maybe you could knock over the candy machine. And it's like, oh, you don't say candy machine in the (laughs) presence of David without me going and making sure to take a peek at that parlor. Ain't no candy machine. It is still pastries. And it has never not been pastries except in the one episode, uh, Who Am I?, where Tootie is dating the boy who refills the candy machine. Candyman. Ugh, who can make the sunrise? <laughs> so what the, the act break happens when Natalie calls home and she... Goes to her mother. So we presume it's Mitzi Hoag on the other line, even though we technically have not met Natalie's mother. But uh, Natalie is calling, and Natalie is lying in the way that lying liars lie. And it's a little disturbing where she not only says it's uh, an overnight field trip, and I'm rooming with my friend Blair. We like friend, my Blair. best friend Blair. Yes, it is. And Natalie even says, Yes, it's an overnight trip. Mom, would I lie to you? And it's like, girl. But all the girls are going. Yeah, but all the girls are going. So her (laughs) mother says, fine, she'll send her a check. And I'm like, remember checks? Remember people wrote checks? (laughs) If you needed to give money to a family member, you had to write him a check. That's so quaint. Um, So the episode break with the fake clap track. And oh, we didn't mention when Willis appears, we get... The clap track, the oh, that was clearly an applause sign went on, right. and that audience instantaneously erupted <laughs> into clapping. Not because if it was a true surprise, you know there would be a oh, you would hear something verbal or vocal from the audience. Um, a great example of that is remember the last season of Roseanne and she did a crossover abfab. Type of an episode where they go to a spa. This is after they've won the lottery and they've just the whole show has just gone batshit crazy. But the special guest stars are Jen Saunders and Joanna Lumley. So they are just at this spa. And when the two of them, when Patsy and Adina walk through (laughs) the the archway and arrive at the spa. The response you can tell that audience was not told <laughs> what they were in store for because you heard them all kind of oh, by, like, fuck, <laughs> shit. That's it. Was it's such a cool, visceral response. And uh, this was not that for oh, Willis, for Willis, nor for when we do meet Zsa Zsa Gabor. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, so Natalie is we we really have a conundrum here where Natalie is showing a severely impaired moral compass of lying to her mama um so when she comes back from this phone call joe and tootie thankfully the voices of reason are like did you just lie (laughs) directly to your mother and she's like hey i you know i had to tell her and it wasn't that hard and i told her and you know blair is my best friend and tootie i thought i was your best friend and it is a lovely and she's like oh um Blair's my best older friend. you're my best younger friend. And um, she kind of talks her way out of it a little bit. And uh, something about she takes me everywhere. I forget why. she says she says she takes me everywhere. This is the same day. Right. Blair has just <laughs> no. Blair has just given her a makeover earlier that afternoon and then somehow paraded her around other dorms <laughs> and sold some product as a result. And all that, all that resulted in was them being a little late to food prep for dinner. And once again, I don't think I saw any damn food in that kitchen other than the oatmeal. <laughs> there is no food. They're, they're prepping and cleaning. They're doing, always doing a lot of work with dishes. But we never do truly see much food in this kitchen. But whatever. And then we move in to the final scene of the show. We're in the cafeteria. It is the next... Oh, oh. Um... No, Blair comes running in. The phone call that we were puzzled by, Tootie comes in and says, Blair, it's for you. And then Blair comes in and says, she's coming here. Countess Cal- Calvey is coming here as part of some sort of a tour to touch base with her younger representatives. And we need a reason for Jaja Gabor to be on our show. Yes. And so that's how the scene ends is with, uh, it's going to be that Countess Calvay is coming and then the next scene, the final scene, we're still in the cafeteria. Uh, Mrs. Garrett is wearing a blue dress. She's dressed up. She looks gorgeous. She's also wearing a ton
1: of makeup, which we'll come back to later. Oh, but yeah?
0: <laughs> you think she has more on She usual? gets a
1: little critical about people wearing makeup. And her eyes, she has giant um, fake eyelashes on and then a ring of eye makeup around
0: them. I didn't really notice well, that. I think she should
1: take a look. I don't think that's natural.
0: Oh, well, it probably isn't. And... There might have been a a need to, you know, she is on stage with Zsa, Zsa Gabor, who is. Yeah. She's
1: at, looking great this season. Oh my god. She's clearly god. she you know, taking care of herself and so on.
0: But I do not some begrudge of these makeup her. makeup
1: messages are a little mixed.
0: Yeah, but but she's fifty four years old. I mean, a fifty four year old <laughs> woman who wants to wear a little bit of extra to look nice, and I'm sorry, this blue is a. It's like she needs to wear this color more often. She looks <laughs> stunning in this blue dress. It's a very bright sky blue and I'm I am a fan and Mrs. Garrett says okay now this is a big deal apparently but we're going to do this and let's try to see if we can handle this with understated dignity at which point Blair comes running in she's here she's here Blair is freaking out and Blair's losing her shit and um uh Tootie is like "Ah, I'll bet you she, she smells like orchids all the time and Joe says eh orchids make me sick and then when Blair is like, she's coming, she's coming. And Joe is like, oh, too bad. We didn't have time to vacuum the driveway. Bada boom, bada bing. Just all of her. She's got her Yves on so well in this episode. And then Zsa, Zsa arrives. Zsa Gabor. Wearing a fur. She has got diamond jewelry, diamond earrings. She has got a very expensive looking brooch in the middle of her blouse. She has got her nails done. She has got her teeny tiny little nose job, Michael Jackson nose. (laughs) She has got her lip line drawn approximately 10 inches (laughs) over her natural lip line. And she looks fucking amazing. She is 64 years old here. And she does not have a sag (laughs) or a, a waddle or a wrinkle. But she doesn't look pulled. She doesn't look like Joan Rivers tugged back. She looks like, remember how Joan Rivers looked when Joan Rivers was 50 and Mm. it had work done? That's kind of this. So she looks great. I mean, she does have her little lines around the eyes, yada, yada. But for 64, she does look just terrific. When she gets there, Blair kneels. <laughs> and then Joe, why don't you call her godfather and kiss her ring? It's like, just, just
1: fucking. Mrs. Joe. Garrett has to enlist Joe to pull Blair off the floor. Yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah. Joke about her weight apparently, because <laughs> this is the season where we are seeing the girls' figures fill out a little bit, uh for whatever that's worth. It it is what it is, and um. So there's oh, and and for all the wisecracking Joe does, Countess Calais looks over holds her chin in her hand and says look at you darling and, and this is my this is my expert perfect zha gabor impression by the way and she says look at you darling you are such a natural beauty and joe is kind of like <laughs> joe kind of fangirls and geeks perfect. out a bit because it's like she said i'm pretty um and then tootie walks over and is like she does smell like orchids. I'm wearing lily of the valley. Orchids I, make me sick. I'm very, I'm wearing lily of the valley, darling. Orchids make <laughs> me sick. And uh, she is Hungarian, by the way. For those that have always wondered what Jaja Gabor's accent and her younger sister Ava, star of Green Acres. So I have a game
1: for you here. Please, and it's, uh, let's is play. Is it Jazza or Eva? And so I will tell you. The guest starring role and you can tell me was oh. that Zha or is that what
0: you a- were on your phone doing
1: yes it is James was like so, diligently
0: working on his phone after we watched the episode when I was setting up the equipment so when that's... I was a
1: child okay I did not realize they were separate people yeah they look so I... much alike they are so and there's a so third similar. there's Magda who's not in as many things but they have a sister and a mother and they all have that look and so usually it's, and, and it's... they paid good money for it. oh sure it, believe me <laughs> So, you'd see them in things. And um, for instance, Erica T- Tiffany Smith is a Gilligan's Island guest star. Okay. Was that Jaja or Ava?
0: Erica Tiffany Smith, the heiress um, who shows up on Gilligan's Island. The heiress who shows up on Gilligan's Flirts Island? Of the skipper. I'm going to say, since probably Green Acres was running around the same time, I'm going to go with Ava. It was Jaja. Damn. She was Erica Tiffany Smith. So, which one of them guest starred on the Beverly Hillbillies? The Beverly Hillbillies. That one, again, I put that in the same bucket with your Gilligan's Island, with your Green Acres. I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm saying, once again, trying to drum up viewership for Green Acres, it was Ava. (laughs) That was Ava. Yes. Which one of them was
1: on Petticoat Junction? Petticoat Junction was Zsa Zsa. It was Ava. Damn it! And damn it! <laughs> the reason for that is she was playing her Green Acres character on both Beverly Hillbillies. And oh, Marco okay. Okay, so, I'll give you that. Which one of them was in uh, Naked Gun Two and a Half?
0: That was Jaja That was Jazza. Because Jaja had just undergone her legal troubles, where she got pulled yes. over for speeding, stepped out of the car, and was so angry she slapped the cop <laughs> in the face and it's like you want to talk about the entitled the privilege the people <laughs> don't it's like darling how dare you put me over first leave and slapped him like it's like you're not in a fucking soap opera I don't know I think I would have let it go if I was that cop but that's oh, just me but no publicity morals. man and it made her famous and then in Naked Gun Two and a Half the Naked Gun movies always start with that shot of the <laughs> of the light on the top of the sure. squad car doing all crazy stuff and going to different locations one of them is um, it pulling over a car and out walks Zsa Zsa and she slaps the light and it turns on and she's like I can't believe it every fucking time I drive around this town so she was totally making fun of herself and I I applaud
1: that which one of them was in rescuers and rescuers down under as Miss Bianca Ava as Ava that I correct. do know. yes which one of them was on the love boat. Zha.
0: both of them both of them it's it's, it's a trick question they could not it's like there had to have been multiple everybody was on the yes everybody
1: and my final one which one of them was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Zha. it was Zha. I'm sorry I do have one more okay which one of them played Minerva on Batman Minerva on
0: Batman also, Zsa, Zsa
1: Zsa. you're good. Okay. You got good. most of those right.
0: Well done. So yes. that is Ava
1: or Zsa, Zsa. Thank it you was, for playing. Uh,
0: ladies and gentlemen, this is where I'm going to insert the Facts of Life clap track. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you've been playing Ava or Zsa, Zsa. <laughs> Welcome back. So there's so,
1: very little line drawn between Zsa, Zsa Gabor and Countess Calvay here. It's pretty much... Oh, she is herself. She is
0: there to be herself. And here's the thing. I could have looked this up. I'll bet you she might have had her own cosmetic line. One of them. She should have. She should have, could have, should have, (laughs) would have. Yeah. So it's, it, and this is the, this is 81. So we're not quite to the, we're not quite to the White Diamonds, Elizabeth Taylor, every celebrity having their own scent and that. So I think we're not quite there yet. So that could (laughs) not be a thing. I will look it up. And if it is so, I will put something on the website about it. Anyhow, um. We have a moment to give Mrs. Garrett, give Charlotte Ray and Jaja Gabor their sort of scene together, the chance to interact, and um, uh, she says it, it somehow gets to her saying, um, uh, "Well, darling, I love that." She says she's a dietitian. I don't forget how we begin this. Yeah, way. I think she says she's a school dietitian. And Jaja says, "Well, darling, one of my rules of beauty is always you are what you eat." And Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, I tell this to the girls all the time.
1: Uh, she says, you are, you eat. And Tootie says, well, that's one reason not to eat zucchini. And she corrects her and says, no, no, no. Zucchini makes vegetables
0: make you glow. Yeah, vegetables make you glow. It's when you eat junk. When You, you look eat, like junk. When you eat junk, you look like junk, darling. But but yeah, the joke of a zucchini. And then zucchini. they point to Sue Ann. <laughs> no, that does not happen. <laughs> They they point to Cynthia's grave. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That just, that took a turn, kids. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, finally, uh, Mrs. Garrett offers her a cup of tea, herbal, and all very light and whatever. Since I was a child, I found that
1: particular moment so irritating when Mrs. Garrett offers her tea and says, no caffeine.
0: No caffeine? I'm like, oh, come
1: on. Let's have people have some pleasure in life. Yeah. All of a sudden, Mrs. Garrett is everything around here is going to be completely herbal and natural. Just and- because Countess Calais okay is you
0: just said you were serving frank and beans the, <laughs> the night couple. the day before when Blair showed up and said, yeah. she's coming. So we have to have vichy soise and we have to have <laughs> ratatouille, ratatouille and all this <laughs> stuff. And Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, that's a lovely menu. We're serving franks and beans. You are what you eat, Mrs. Garrett. You are what you eat. Oh, and she offers her tea. Good. If she had offered her coffee, you know, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> If she had to go into the kitchen to get coffee, when we have these two gigantic <laughs> coffee providers in this in this set, um, we we won't go there. Um, been there, been there a million times, and probably will be going back there. I'm sure many times since for the next over the next two seasons. So finally, we meet. Natalie Natalie is revealed to Countess Calais as Blair's masterpiece. and she's horrified. And she says she is just speechless. And she's like, "Oh and she, I think she even says, "Does she say I am speechless?"
1: Yeah, I think so. And she says, "What have you done to my what have you done with my makeup and what have you done to this girl's face?"
0: Yes. Blair basically says, "I'm trying to be a success." I'm trying to do what you do. I'm trying to create beauty and stuff. And Jaja even says, this is very funny, funny joke. And she says, no, darling, part of being beautiful is being natural. That's coming out in my new book, which is 25 steps to your natural beauty. <laughs> I, I'm going to laugh and I like it. 25 easy steps to being a natural beauty. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And she says, guys, if you want advice, don't use my makeup. And it's like they're all like, what? and she says, "Or oh, if you do wait until I put out my line of new cosmetics for younger girls, implying that this is too unnatural. This is too much. And I'm going to be putting out some other cosmetics that are more appropriate for younger girls. Well, OK, <laughs> great. Be that as it may. Then, what was the reason why Blair started selling yeah, and so bringing up that you wanted to infiltrate campuses with your products if you don't have the right product line ready yet?
1: Something you said earlier I think could have fixed this in a sentence, which is if she had arrived and been surprised to find it was a girls' high school. Oh. You know, if, she, if Blair had right. applied as if Easton was a college, she's like, we were trying to sell these makeup lines to adults. I did not realize this is a school ful- filled with teen girls this is inappropriate i see that now i'm not sure if jaja's actress enough to do all that without it being placed there so instead it comes across as she sees natalie and then decides not to sell makeup to children anymore yeah and i i would like to think that the real issue was i never meant this to be for 14 year old girls this Mm -hmm. is for adults we will come out with a line for teen girls Or we will show you how to do things in a more natural way. Yeah.
0: Or you have inspired me. Yeah. It never. Yeah. She doesn't give the credit. And and Blair could even. Yeah. I mean, this could be a little extra to give Blair some uh, some some of her own back. Mm -hmm. It could be one of those. But I've been selling it around here. I've I ordered 150 units. I've I've only sold 20 of them. But and she's like, that's impressive. Yeah. And when did you get them? Yesterday. Right. And it's like, then Joshua could have been like, well, darling, that is impressive. It never occurred to me. But you know, you are right that there is an entire market of younger girls, yeah. not like this. But I could put out products that are more appropriate to bring out your natural beauty too as you blossom into gorgeous young women. I should have fucking written this episode, man.
1: Well, I'll tell you, they're very interested. The writers are very interested in the girls learning lessons and not as interested in adults learning lessons. Yeah. The adults in this episode could have learned some things yeah. and didn't. Mr. Um,
0: Palnicek did last week. Thank God. Yeah.
1: So Joe's parents are a good target for learning lessons. And so are Blair. Blair's mom. She mm-hmm. learned some things as we go. So it's not across the board, but it's as if Mrs. Garrett is this fully formed, always perfect person. And- any episode that allows her not to be that I find much more interesting than one that's like Zsa, Zsa Gabor and Mrs. Garrett gang up on the girls and tell the Nazis makeup and to not eat junk food.
0: Yeah. Um I, I agree with you. Zha
1: Zsa had something to learn here and
0: that's a good approach to take the fact that the people who are in charge and doling out the advice and the wisdom are also dimensionally flawed human right. characters as well. That's that's absolutely a more interesting thing to do we don't get a lot of that here but we're <laughs> they had a lot of shit to fix okay mr
1: bradley's gone so there's no one to learn lessons
0: <laughs> and uh so what this ends up landing on is um jaja after the applause on her entrance she's like um well darlings this big visit i was paying is over it's only been three minutes now but goodbye stay and she gives a sort of a Cat, not a cat race, but a. She says, "Stay, stay beautiful and young," and she leaves, and applause, and they're <laughs> all alone. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so there ends the jazz, ja, But we still have the lesson. <laughs> um, and so as she left, <laughs> the first thing Joe is like, <laughs> "She liked my bone structure. <laughs> She's awesome." And then, um, Blair basically has to apologize to Natalie for, okay, I guess I misunderstood what what my mission was and maybe I did take a little bit of advantage of you. Because it is weird in that we know Blair is selling these cosmetics from minute one. When she first brings Natalie into the fold up in the bedroom, why is there not a Natalie saying, well, Blair, that's all fine and dandy. I can't afford this. Right. The fact that that's, that's still a little bit weird Mm -hmm. because it is, the price of it is commented on earlier. So um, there is some blame to be put on Natalie. The fact that suddenly out of the blue, it's just Natalie is, I think maybe we needed to better set up Natalie's desire to be in a more popular place like Blair. We might've been able to, Hint at that a little bit earlier on. Maybe this slumber party that we can't figure out its significance could have been given some significance. Now
1: I'm infuriated by the inclusion of Willis in this episode because all their stupid Willis jokes, which have nothing to do with the plot, could have been replaced with Natalie starts off feeling dejected because other girls are going to this party and she's not invited.
0: Yeah, that's right. That could have been the whole thing. It's like, and then someone could have even said, what the fuck is a slumber party here? Every night's a slumber. Right. They could have somehow <laughs> figured out and justified that as well. I agree with you. We could have. We really should have saved Todd Bridges for something else. Todd Bridges. Yep. Um, not that he isn't good. I mean, he's he's a seasoned pro at this point. He's been on he's been on different strokes a season and a half now, and so he's fine as far as how he delivers his lines and all that. Anyway, it ends up with Blair needing to apologize to Natalie, and Natalie kind of in a making her grovel for it (laughs) type of a thing. And then Mrs. Garrett jumps in and it's like, well, you realize Blair was selling you her friendship, but weren't you buying it every time you bought something? I think is the line. Mm -hmm. It's like every time you bought, this is the next day. (laughs) And the purchases were made before they came back from her little face tour around the campus. And uh, anyway, Uh, and so the final moment is the perfect Well, we need the perfect joke to just tie it all up and end it. And Blair says, You know what, I just think I'm gonna stick to what I do best spending money. (laughs) (laughs) And then over the clap track, which we inevitably have to have. This is a clapping at the sure. end of the episode. And while the credits roll, they all attack Natalie's face. <laughs> like, I expected to see a damn bottle of Windex and a belt sander and <laughs> a leaf blower come out, as far as the busy work they were making of the, oh, <laughs> we're fucking with Natalie. And she's got makeup on it and stuff. Um
1: and, yeah. Something that happened somewhere in there, which was one of the other uh, classic facts of life things that i noticed was blair's whimper when she realized she's beaten she has lost her money and she makes her her little sad whimpering sound (laughs) is that the first time she's done that in the series she's done it on other episodes
0: she had i feel like it happens somewhere in season one okay because that's
1: that becomes a signature thing when she you know is at a loss she does this whimpering and, yeah,
0: um, that might have been in the IQ episode. Possibly. And and I think maybe in the teenage marriage when it's like we have to go out into the cold again. Gotcha. I yeah, think, I I think that's Jonathan where there. it happens. Well, it's just a nice also. little Blair thing. Yeah, that- Blair has that. And I think the, the cool thing is that these stick with us. We remember the show and we remember these catchphrase moments. We remember Blair going, oh, this time for one of my brilliant ideas. <laughs> and yet to realize in hindsight, they did not shove these down our throat. Right. The way every episode of different strokes had to have oh yeah what you talking about willis
1: and dynamite on good times. and on good times every good times
0: <laughs> had to have a dynamite you're absolutely right the fact that they were like no we can't not have that now right. um but yeah so we're ending the episode we we both said we liked it a bit at the beginning and yet we have critiqued it quite heavily and yeah. yet we still love this fucking show because it's the facts of sure. life so, I think that the lessons were good in the episode. I think that episode
1: is imperfect, and there's a couple things that they just could have developed a little bit more. Yeah,
0: could have developed it more to make the lesson have even a more powerful impact. Mm-hmm. I will say that, too. Well absolutely. acted. It was well acted. It was. So, James, I'm glad you got back to do another episode. Thank you. Thank you. I've I hope realized have me again. I'm, I'm progressing through season two. And I'm realizing I have to make good on my promises that I'm inviting back the people from season one or I'm going to run out of good. I'm like, come back when the show is good. I'm going to run out of good episodes right. <laughs> before I know it. So I got to start um, inviting the people back and making good on that. And well, so Thank you for having me again. We will see you back soon. And thanks again. Thank you, David. And there you have it. That was James Brendlinger, such a sweetie. The only uh, thing that we started to discuss, and I had a point that I didn't get a chance to make on the show that I wanted to make here, was that talking about how Jaja Gabor and Countess Calvay are actually the same person, uh, it's another thing that they discuss on the show is how the Countess apparently has had many husbands, and for those who are not familiar with Jaja Gabor and her fame, Once Upon a Time, she was very well-known For being married a lot. She was actually married nine times. And that's to nine different men. That's more than Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor was married eight times. And that was to only seven different men. So she's got her beat. But Jaja herself used to make a joke about it. She clearly has a sense of humor about her persona. And here is a quote that I found where she said, Darling, I am a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. You go girl. Uh, I did also look up and Zsa, Zsa did have her own cosmetic line. And it was actually a while ago. It wasn't post Elizabeth Taylor and all that stuff. It was actually, I think, as early as the 1960s. I didn't do a lot of deep digging on that, but it took place in the 60s. So clearly that was long, long, long before my time. Another thing that I forgot to mention was when James and I were going through Mrs. Garrett's different professions and different facets of her job description, we forgot to include the newest one, which was, remember, managing the suicide hotline that we never hear about ever again on the show. Okay, that's a little uncomfortable, but just putting it out there and hopefully in future I will remember that. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was the clap track. That's the standard end-of-episode applause track that I stuck in there in the middle after the little game show. It's weird. Paul Padilla and I have both referred to this. And you've heard us on the show just go clap, 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 and talking about that clap track. And what we're talking about, I think, we've never actually discussed it, but I'm pretty sure we're of the same mind here, is that it's a weird clap track for them to have chosen... And to continually and consistently keep using because the claps at the beginning of it are kind of clumsy. They're, they're, it's a little weird um, inception, as it were. And I'm, I'm going to play again for you right now and have another listen, particularly to the beginning of it. <laughs> See what I mean? It's, it's a little weird. It could be smoother. They, they could have prepped that audience and done another take or something. I don't know what the deal is, but they, they found that one, they committed to it, and, you know, hey, they didn't call me for my opinion. Anyway, enough with all of the super pressing important matters of the day. Let's move on. That's our show. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 2, Episode 14. It's called Pretty Babies. We are careening very quickly to the end of season two. We only have three more episodes and I will be joined by another special guest. And um, spoiler, when you hear me say another special guest, that means at the time I'm recording this, I don't know who the fuck I'm going to have on the show. I'm still (laughs) figuring it out and scheduling it. So don't tell anyone. But uh, before we go, of course, I need to go through the same stuff, same spiel. You've heard it. Let's all recite in unison. Check out our website, facethefaxpod.com. That's where I post a lot of extra pictures, videos, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. I post links to our social media and also links where you can subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review text review, not just stars. That really helps us out. And i uh, really appreciate any feedback you can give me. And of course, email me. Let me know what you think about the show, FaceTheFactsPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you.